is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Hey. Another dynamic duo pod for your earballs today. Light news week. Thankful for those, because let's just dive in. You get more tangents Yeah. during light news weeks. Um, it's generally a funner show. Have not looked at the post office at all today, so whatever's in there is going to be a complete surprise. Uh, when we get down to that portion of the show, um, let's start with you. So I I put on your radar last week, Curse of the Dead Gods. Uh, I have not bought it yet myself because I dabbled more with Final Fantasy, mm-hmm. um, which is whatever. Uh, I started dicking around with tabletop st- uh, tabletop simulator on Steam. Wait, um, what? <laughs> yes. So there so there's an app that basically it's it's. It's like a board game tool platform, I suppose. Mm. And people can, like, either publishers can put their games in officially on Steam and you can play them, um, or people can, like, code mods for games that aren't on there and give them away, essentially, uh, because it's done through Steam Workshop. But yeah, Tabletop Simulator is literally what it sounds like. Like, it is playing board games, but it's not like, designed to work on the computer it is like you have a cursor and you can hover over the components and pick them up and flip them over and rotate them and do this out of the other thing but you still have to manually do everything but you're just sitting at a virtual table essentially um (laughs) a lot of board games uh, that's how a lot of folks have been playing board games over the past year uh just because you know there's the pandemic still going on of course i waited till like the end of it to to finally dust steam off on my mac and (laughs) <laughs> and play that. So, um, and also, I'm probably going to get Stellaris because Stellaris is on Humble Bundle right now for a dollar, and I feel like that that's you know it's worth a dollar to check it out. It might even be worth fifteen to get that and the DLC. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens there, and we'll see if my how my seven year old Mac does uh, running real games. So I guess I'm, I guess I'm a PC gamer now, Micah. Ah uh, well, okay. You you've uh, sort of you've graduated, I guess. Well, the, it, it's uh, it's annoying because there's like five games on Steam that I actually want to play, and like Tabletop Simulator and Stellaris are like the only two that are actually compatible on Mac. Like everything else <laughs> is Windows only, which sucks. <laughs> Swear Mac gets no love, and you think with as many of them as there are, I mean, not I mean, I'm sure the number of Macs out in the world, pay, you know, pales in comparison to the number of Windows PCs that exist. But it's interesting because, like, even though there are more Android phones out in the wild than there are iPhones, like, everyone prioritizes the Apple App Store first. But no one that develops PC games gives a shit about Mac. It's interesting. I, fi- <laughs> I find it peculiar that, like, literally 20% of the games on Steam are, are available to play on Mac. So Yeah, that is kind of, that is kind of odd. Yeah. So anyway... Uh, that was the random tangent. Tell me, Micah, about Curse of the Dead Gods, which you did buy and have played. Yeah, so uh, I bought it on your. I bought it because you were interested in it. That's how much. <laughs> that's how much sway you had, Brad. <laughs> so that's, 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 that's a pa- that's a power I had to be sure not to not to abuse <laughs> and lead and lead you astray. So, <laughs> um, I looked at a couple of reviews and it was it was getting really great reviews. Um, so I, I fired it up. And um, it's good. It, it's twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. I bought it on Switch. Um, it's a rogue light. I always get 
those the terminology confused like and light but i believe this is a real light um because some of the some of the things some of the upgrades you get are permanent mm-hmm. um, so combat is super simple um you have uh, a standard weapon you have a special weapon uh, when you first start off it's a gun uh and you have a torch and you have to you carry the torch around but you can't like hold the torch in one hand and a gun in the other or or a melee weapon in the other because when you are in the light Mm -hmm. you do you do and take regular damage but if you are fighting in the dark you take 50 percent more damage so it's always best it's it, it behooves you to light uh torches throughout the arena so that you can illuminate the the area of play uh your character you can't just uh, like in hades you mm-hmm. can just kind of spam attacks uh and you can spam dodges mm-hmm. um you can't do that in this because you have stamina yeah i've and, seen yeah. i've seen that that like certain attacks will take up you know it's like a it's like a five point bar basically and like certain yeah. attacks will take up you know way one or two or depending on what you're doing and then it recharges by not doing anything right right Right. So it, it prevents you from, you know, dash attacking. Like that's how mm-hmm. I first beat that first Hades run was just, I would just dash and attack, dash and attack, dash and attack. And you can't do that in this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there is way, a way that you can recoup stamina. If you can, uh, there is no block, but you can perfect parry to recoup stamina. Um, and, the interesting thing about this is that there's this like corruption scale mm-hmm. where and and it constantly fills and it fill well that's one of the curses that you get is that it constantly fills but every time you enter a new room uh, a new arena uh your corruption fills and the more corruption you have you will later get a curse from one of the gods and that's like it, to compare it to Hades, that's like a, one of the pact of punishment um, penalties that you have to to face. Except you face it; they're all different between the run, mm-hmm. right? So instead of you collecting like boons from the gods, like you do in Hades, you get curses from them every room that you go into. Um, you can, and it 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 has like a it has like a a, a little map where you can kind of. Uh, 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 figure out where you want to go because there is an endpoint, and you, I assume, can get to the endpoint way quicker than you can in like a Hades. Mm-hmm. But um, at the end, there is a boss. Now, I haven't made it to the boss yet. Uh, I'm still kind of feeling my way around. But combat feels good. Um, you know, you could pick up different weapons on the battlefield, uh, and um, it is. It 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 is a it is a it's a different take on. And I'm going to keep comparing this to Hades because you know it's it's the the roguelike that I like and it's fresh in my mind. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's it's a simple combat system, but it is rewarding because enemies will enemies have no problem swarming you and attacking you, um um you know with projectiles from off screen and you know up in your face. Uh, with melee attacks so it's um i i would recommend it it's it's got the right amount of challenge where it's like okay this is 
you know, I feel myself getting better at this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and it's fun. It's fun. Now, I've only played a little bit of it, but um, I I do I do enjoy it. It's a it's a it's a different take on on um, on a on a road. Well, maybe not a different take, but it's a different take from Hades. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was uh, that was my concern. Is that I was I was wondering if it was so similar that it wasn't worth playing both of them. No, no. If anything, it's kind of like the reverse Hades, right? Like mm-hmm. in Hades, you feel I for me the further along i've made it in a i made it in a run i've felt stronger mm-hmm. and this is the opposite you're probably as strong as you're going to get when you first start hmm. and then once the curses start piling on and there's like five different levels of corruption once the curses start piling on it just it, it you know it becomes a uh it becomes a bit of a bear to uh to to get through some of these things but interesting yeah, at least yeah, I, I 20, 20 bucks is is throwaway money. So at some point, I'll yeah. probably, I'm sure I'll check this out. Um, very cool. So a bunch of new games. Well, I, I hesitate to say a bunch of new games came out this week. A lot of games are getting ported to other platforms uh, this week. Uh, we talked about the new expansion for Elder Scrolls Online, uh, Flames of Ambition. It came to PC last week. Well, it's available on PlayStation and Xbox this week uh, that you can download. Uh, Kings of Omelor Re-Reckoning is available on the Nintendo Switch. I can't imagine that that's a great platform to play it on, quite honestly. Um, <laughs> but there's that. Uh, Monster Truck Championship comes to PlayStation and Xbox. Uh, Mundon comes to play- PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. Samurai Showdown gets its Series X upgrade. Uh, Stubbs the Zombie Rebel Without a Pulse comes to Nintendo Switch. Cartel Tycoon uh, comes to PC. Marvel's Avengers gets its next generation upgrade on PlayStation and Xbox. And then Plants vs. Zombies Battle for Neighborville comes to the Nintendo Switch. Hmm. Um, what is Cartel Tycoon? I hesitate to... <laughs> to even to even find out, Roller, Roller Coaster Tycoon has seen how much money uh, the simulator series of games has gotten, and they want to get in on the mix. I suppose it's been out on Steam for a couple of years, so I mean, apparently, Jesus Christ, man, like, or no, no, it are, hasn't, no, it hasn't. No, I, I think we have, I think we have finally hit the, we have, we have, we have hit the Rubicon when it comes to the Tycoon series. I mean, so I'm I'm looking at it on Steam right now. Um, it's coming to early access on the 18th. Uh, it is exactly what you think it would be. Like, <laughs> like imagine Sim City, but you're trying to build a drug empire in Latin America. <laughs> that is that is what you are doing. They are uh, they are trying to reach the. The 18 to 34 year old male demographic with the Tycoon series. I it, guess, so. yeah. It's 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 literally uh, like it's the Narcos game, right? <laughs> hey kids, have you ever wanted to be Juan Pablo Escobar? Then you should check out Cartel Tycoon. <laughs> none of this, uh, none of this roller coaster crap. No, sir. We're, we're running, we're running cocaine <laughs> through loop the loops. <laughs> Go to uh, densepixels.com/fans. Uh, doing that will take you to our Discord. Um, uh, people have a lot of fun in there. 
Uh, I'm on a social media uh, hiatus. Um, so I, uh, I'll be back uh, maybe next month and just start lurking around. Not that I, not that I, you know, interact with you people a lot. Um, but, uh, I do lurk, but now I'm on a hiatus of lurking. Uh, but go to this, go to densepixels.com slash fans, uh, to reach our discord, go to youtube.com slash dense pixels to, uh, subscribe. Uh, you can see Brad's wonderful, uh, no time to bleed sexual tyrannosaurus, uh, uh, predator shirt. Um, I'm glad they didn't put the, uh, the first thing he said on there. <laughs> that, is not, that is not a shirt that you should, uh, wear in public. I have, I have, I have a feeling a lot of, uh, people would be looking slack jawed at that shirt. <laughs> so if they put the first part of the line on there, <laughs> it's a different time, kids, the eighties. Yeah. No kidding, man. <laughs> um, Go to uh, wherever you subscribe to get your podcasts. Uh, subscribe to this, and you can subscribe to The Nerdpocalypse, Black on Black Cinema, Coming Distractions, and the weekly preview episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast. Now, look, Jay, uh, Jay's birthday is uh, on Thursday. And, uh, uh, and, and, you know, as a man who doesn't believe in God, uh, uh, the God that I believe him believed in has punished him by releasing the Snyder cut on his birthday. Uh, and he literally begged me. He literally begged me to watch it. So I'm going to watch it. Uh, and we are going to talk about it on this week's episode of the nerd apocalypse. Isn't it like four hours long. It's four hours, Brad. It's half a work day. It's like, it's, it's like, it's like Ben her long. <laughs> So I, uh, it'll be something, um, and uh, we'll have uh, we'll have a coming distractions review of it of the Snyder Cut uh, up as well. Uh, you can go to densepixels.com/slash/premium and for five dollars a month or fifty dollars a year, you get pre- the access to the premium slate of content, uh, including the airing of grievances, uh, the caddy, uh, the episode of the caddy has just been released. Uh, no Time to Bleed, where uh, our action movie review podcast, where uh, I think we reviewed Predator. I think we reviewed. Predator. Oh, we, we have de- we have definitely reviewed Predator. Yeah, like 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 to. like if you if you are so here's here's the cool thing about premium, right? Like even if you've never subscribed before, and like right now we're pretty much only putting out like airing grievances and look forward and upstage and occasionally No Time to Bleed, and eventually we'll get back to Golden Tongues, but the backlog. That's available for no time to bleed for men with the golden tongues for airing or grievances is, is, is tremendous. It's monumental. It's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. And that's why you're good at your job. Yeah. Um, uh, the, <laughs> like you said, the men with the golden tongues, um, didn't Billy Eilish win uh, a Grammy for that, for that. I don't, song? I don't know if she won. Uh, speaking of men with the golden tongues, RIP in peace, uh, Yafet Koto. Uh, I'm really, yeah, he, pa- he passed away today. Um, oh damn! Yeah, and I, I'm really happy that Mr. Big slash Kananga was not like one of the defining roles of his career. Like, like if, if like it's not even in his top five. I don't think. Like, if, like if you mentioned Yafet Koto to anyone familiar with his body of work, I don't even think it would get mentioned in the top five. 
I I don't I I think people would say Yafet Koto. Oh yeah, and by the way, he played a Bond villain. Yeah, right. Like I don't think they would even. I don't think they because he's his. Uh, while we appreciate uh, Mr. Big, uh, it's not it's it's not the role that that he's known for. No. Um. Damn, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. He was eighty-one. I mean, dude's been, dude, dude, oh, well, dude, dude's yeah, been around. Yeah. Like you know. Yeah. He he lived a life. Yeah. Sucks, but he lived a life. Um. Also included in the premium, uh, as you said, upstage conversations and the full episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast. Yeah, actually, Yafet Koto appears a lot in 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 the uh, TNP compendium because he was in the Running Man as well, which also has been reviewed on No Time to Bleed. Yeah, I might have to go. I might have to listen to that again, man. Yeah, great movie. I love the Running Man. It's an excellent film. You know who directed that, by the way? No, Paul Michael Glazer, who was Starsky. On Starsky and Hutch. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like he became a director and Running Man was one of his uh, first big, uh, big hits that he directed. Wow. So there's that. The, the thing, the thing about the sexual Tyrannosaurus t-shirt, by the way, and if you're, if you're not on YouTube.com slash Netflix, you're missing it. Like the logo for the tobacco is, is not only a T-Rex as you'd expect, but he's wearing the hat and he's <laughs> the Blaine hat and he's, and he's carrying a Gatling gun. Like that that's what makes it. I love this shirt. It's fantastic. Um so it, on like the post like like in the post like end of show banter last week. We were talking about the story that came over late. Uh we didn't really get into it. Um so Myers Leonard is an NBA player. He plays for the Miami Heat currently. Uh he was caught on social media dropping an anti-Semitic slur. And we talked about that last week. Talked about how NBC Sports, uh, in reporting the story, made sure to bleep out all the F-bombs that he dropped, but did not bleep out the anti-Semitic slur. Because, <laughs> you know. <laughs> woo! I like, mean, well, I don't mean to laugh, but like. Like, know, like that's on. that's the story. Like, like the thing, <laughs> like right. that's the thing he said that's bad. Like, who cares if he said fuck? Like, that, that doesn't matter. Um. So, so he's had a bad week. Myers Leonard has had so his Twitch channel, which had over fifty thousand followers, uh, that's been deleted. Uh, all of his sponsors, including Phase Clan, uh, that he was a part of, uh, including Astro, including Scuff, including Origin PC, uh, have dumped him, and uh, the Heat him themselves have put him on indefinite leave because of this incident. Um. Wow. Hey, I mean, look, I, I, it is what it is. Uh, as Jay would say, get the bread out of the oven. I don't, I don't give a <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, to, to his credit, Myers Leonard did apologize on Instagram, uh, saying he was deeply sorry for using an anti-Semitic slur during his live stream. Uh, but his, his excuse is that he claims he didn't know what the word meant at the time. Okay. Look, even if you don't, right? You know, it's a don't. bad word. Like, like you it's not like what? anyone goes around saying that word in regular right. conversation, unless you're like a Nazi, right? So, uh, you know, it's a word that uh, that offends people. So, why just say it? And you said it in in. The, I'm looking at the quote. You said it in like 
in a manner that in which you are you said it between the f word and the b word like you can't like 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 like, like you literally used it as as a pejorative yeah (laughs) so you know i i don't uh I, I don't feel for you. I, I really don't. No, like it's just like like, like, yeah, like, like you, you ain't you ain't sorry because you did it. You're sorry you got caught. That's that's the that's what you're sorry right. about. You're sorry you're sorry that you're that that you that you've been called out on it. So right. And look, I'm not foolish enough to uh, to think that most people don't say things that they shouldn't say in public in their private time. But. Um, you, one, you got to realize what a stream is, right? Like you're, you're, you're broadcasting and, and two, you're famous. Like I, I, I mean, I, I, I will not, I will not go to bat for celebrities, but mm-hmm. I understand that celebrity is a double-edged sword, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you have that double-edged sword and you stab yourself with it, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not gonna fail for you, yo. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, yeah, it's it's you, you have no one to blame but yourself on this. Um, and look, you know, not not to get all Ivan Drago about the situation, to but to paraphrase him, uh, if he gets if he gets fired, he gets fired. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, no big deal. So we know we look, we all know those people run everything. So <laughs> you gotta watch your mouth. That's a joke, by the way. That's a joke. <laughs> but yeah, fuck that dude. Um, good that he uh, that he, at least it, held accountable. And again, for those of you that don't understand, uh, people, you know, I'm sure cry, free speech. It's it, unless the government's cracking down on him, it's not a free speech issue. Just yeah, look at all these. Look at all these government organizations that are cracking. Oh wait. Uh, the U.S. Department of Phase Clan. I didn't know that was. A, <laughs> I didn't know that was a. That was a thing. The Department of Phase. Who's the Who's the Secretary of Phase? <laughs> the Department of Phase. Good lord. Um, some welcome news last week. So a trailer dropped. Uh, from, uh, I think it's Dot Emu is the name of the company. Uh, and Tribute Games uh, is the developer of this game for a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Uh. This, I, I actually was delighted watching I, – I don't often go to watch reaction videos for things, um, but I did seek them out for this because the the, commer- the trailer that they play starts with just a uh, a performance of the TMNT theme song essentially with over, over top of some pretty slick animation. Um, and then they showed gameplay for this new game, uh, Shredder's Revenge, that's coming out, which is going to be – uh, the 2.5 D in the 2.5 D, uh, Konami style side scrolling, uh, beat em up game, uh, which we all love and yeah. have wanted to see back for a very long time. I'm very excited about this. Uh, this, this is, unless it's complete hot garbage, uh, this is going to be an insta buy for me. Uh, it looks exactly what I want a TMNT game to be. Uh, they, they even bothered to have like unique running animations for each of the turtles. Like like the first the first cut they show in the trailer is all four of them running and each of them have a very distinct uh, running animation that is appropriate to their characteristics. <laughs> yeah, Mike, Michelangelo that. specifically. So, <laughs> um, this looks uh, this looks fun. Um, it's uh, you know, is the Ninja Turtles in their eighties form? Right, mm-hmm. like there's been a lot of like in their eighties cartoon form. 
you know, there are some folks who takes who take Ninja Turtles like incredibly seriously and gritty and stuff like that. No, this is just the goofball '80s Ninja Turtle Turtles, and um, it looks cool, man. Um, this is an insta buy for me. Let me ask you a question mm-hmm. uh, about these type of games. So, kids, way back in the day. Uh, we had arcades and you would have to put a shiny quarter, uh, one fourth of a whole dollar into a machine in order to play it. And these particular types of games were very fun, but they were also incredibly difficult. Uh, and they were incredibly difficult and cheap because they wanted you to keep putting more quarters in, in order to keep playing the game to get through it. If you got enough money, you can finish the game. Uh, doesn't matter your skill level, right? Um, though they were quarter munchers. Mm-hmm. This is a, a classic two and a half D quarter muncher game. But sometimes some of these companies, some of these developers mm-hmm. make these games nowadays, but they still make them like uber cheap. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, cheap as in like, I'm going to do something that I sh- that the game shouldn't allow me to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to penalize you in a way that is unfair. What do you think about what's your opinion on on should these games have like a difficulty slider or should they should they uh, it, it, do you think difficulty should be adjusted or are you fine with just good old fashioned, you know, keep hitting continue until you run out of until you run out of continue? No, I'm I'm fine. I'm fine with with the difficulty level that these games usually ship with. There are like even like Turtles 2, Turtles in Time, like games like that. Like you can go on YouTube. There are like no damage playthroughs of people like like it, all these games are. It's, it's the old school just pattern recognition, like understanding, you know, the the tells because every every enemy in these kind of games usually has some sort of a, a tell of some kind about, you know, when they're going to unleash some kind of attack. Um, and there's a way around it. So it's just it, it the, the, these are these are get good games, as they say. But the thing that's cool about this, and the reason why this type of game can still work in this day and age, is because the one thing that the, these are the original like social video games from back in the day. Like when when you were in the arcade, you typically weren't playing, you know, Turtles Two by yourself at the arcade cab and you were usually joined by either your friends or just randos that were also at the arcade and you, and you kind of formed this, you know, the, the, sometimes the randos were the best part because you formed like a camaraderie uh, on the spot with folks because these are cooperative games that you're trying to, to get through together. Um, and like I said, this will be great for couch play. Um, they're they're easy to pick up and play. Like my wife can easily sit down and play this with me as well. Um, and it'll have online, I'm sure in this day and age because, and you can play with your friends online. Again, one of the things that, and we've talked about this on the show before when they did that re-release of turtles in time, um, you know, it's been 10, 11 years now at this point, like all, like four of us planned on launch night, sitting online and playing that with each other. Now it was unfortunate that the game was ass, uh, and, <laughs> and that was a downer, um, but like I said, there there's still a, a certain you know type of gamer that this is going to appeal to, and uh, and we're definitely in that demographic, as it were. Yeah, yeah. This looks uh, this looks really fun, and um, it's from a it's from a property that you know I enjoy. Yep. And so. and and I and I think that for these type of games nowadays, you need 
that kind of a property to make it a success because you have to give people a hook or something familiar to to sink their teeth into. It's why Street Rage 4 did so well as well because Street Rage is a game series that has been around for a long time. So, yeah. Uh, Jay Raymond, recently of Stadia, uh, out in her keister looking for a new job, has already found one. She just made her own game studio again. So she has opened a game <laughs> studio that they're calling Haven. And already uh, they have a project inked with PlayStation uh, for a new IP that I'm sure we'll be seeing uh, in a couple of years. All right. So Good for her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like Jade Raymond. Um, I, I remember when she was, she was what, game director for the original Assassin's Creed? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the internet did what the internet does is just give, uh, this woman shit because, uh, uh, she's a woman and, um, and lo and behold, uh, it, it started, uh, a, a mega franchise. Yep. Um, and she was part of the origin of that. So, uh, good to see her land on her feet and, um, and that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> she's been uh she's been prominently involved with a lot of a lot of games. Uh some of her credits besides Assassin's Creed, uh she was the managing director uh at Konami for Metal Gear Solid 4. Uh she was the she was the producer on the original Assassin's Creed. She uh, was the executive producer uh for Assassin's Creed 2 as well as Splinter Cell Blacklist. Um yeah, she's like I said, she's done quite a few things. Managing director uh, for Ubisoft when Unity and Far Cry Four came out, she's bounced around, had her hand in a quite a few game series. So, very prominent personality in the game industry, and uh, good that she's with a company that you know probably won't fold after eighteen months. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is which is a huge plus. Uh, finally, in the quick hits, and we're going to be talking about Microsoft a little bit. After the ad read. So Phil Spencer was on a Bethesda and Xbox roundtable, right, last week. And he wanted to confront an issue head on that folks have been asking about. And he said he wants to he wants to be as clear as he can to be fair to the community. And this is about Xbox exclusivity for Bethesda games, right? And despite the fact that he wanted to deliver, ver- deliver a very concise and clear answer, uh, he he did not do that. Um, his answer was a bit mealy-mouthed because he first talked about how there's contractual obligations for certain games. So while we'd love to, you know, make these exclusive, you know, we can't do that because we already have contracts in place. And there's also other communities and we want to invest in the communities and, you know – you know, we're still going to do that. But then he went on to say, if you're an Xbox customer and I'm quoting now, the thing I want you to know is that this is about delivering great exclusive games for you that ship on platforms where game pass exists. So I don't know what he's trying to say with this answer. I really don't. I mean, Xbox and PC, right? Like, no, I, I know, but what, like, like, this is literally like the abortions for some miniature American flags for others answer <laughs> from, from, from Phil Spencer. It, this, he, like he's not committing to a stance. So what this, what this says to me is what I thought the entire time is that their big tentpole franchises, your elder scrolls, your fallouts, your dooms are going to probably still appear 
on multiple platforms, and then you're going to have Bethesda and other subsidiary developers of them doing other stuff that's exclusive to Xbox. I thought that's the way it's going to be the entire time. I mean, it would make sense uh, from a financial standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're an Xbox customer, the thing I want you to know is this is about delivering great exclusive games for you that ship on platforms where X, where Games Pass exists. And that's our goal, and that's why we're doing this. That's the root of the partnership that we're building. Um, yeah, it's just a weird statement. It's it's a it's a fantastic like corporate speak and not answer. Yeah, like just say yes or no, right? But he can't because because then then you know what would be interesting though is what games are contractually obligated to appear on multiple platforms, and I, I I wonder because I'm sure some of those games are probably games that haven't even been publicly announced yet, especially the way Bethesda's been keeping their cards close. Uh, until they're ready to to ship, basically. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. But yeah, it's 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 an odd statement. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about Microsoft after the ad read because I think that we need to break a conception that we are hanging on to. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. So. Well, let's not waste too much more time. Go to densepixels.com slash Amazon for all of your Amazon purchases. When you go to densepixels.com slash Amazon for all of your Amazon purchases, you could do what I did, and you could buy yourself the Murderbot Diaries. See? <laughs> there you go. So it's, it's four novellas. So hopefully that won't take me long to get through. Uh, I'm trying my best to do some more reading, um, uh, reading that doesn't have uh, uh, pictures associated with it. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but, you know, just trying something different. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, go to densepixels.com slash Amazon for all of your Amazon purchases. It's the easiest way to help your boys out. That it is. So Game Pass made some news this week. Um, in terms of some games that are coming to Game Pass this month, uh, and some games that you might not expect to see, as well as some high-profile games that are a little bit newer uh, right now. So, Undertale, for example, is one of those games. Uh, Empire of Sin, Near Automata, uh, Star Wars Squadrons, which is going to be on Game Pass by proxy of EA Play. Uh, Torchlight 3, only on PC for now, but still on Game Pass. Genesis Noir. Octopath Traveler, which is very interesting. Uh, Pillars of Eternity 2. Uh, Superland Yakuza 6. Uh, Narita Boy. And the most surprising game of all, perhaps, Outriders. Day and date on Game Pass as part of your Game Pass subscription. Uh, certainly raised a lot of eyebrows around the industry. And what I kind of sat back and thought about is this. And I'm curious to know what you think about this, Micah. But we need to acknowledge that in this console generation, Microsoft and Sony are not actually competing. Yeah, like people have said that 
people have said that before, um, that Microsoft is not in the business of direct competition with, with, uh, with Sony. Um, because they are, they found a new source of, they knew, they found a new sort like revenue source, mm-hmm. uh, a new way to make money. And that's through game pass, which is why that's all they're pushing. And they're pushing it hard. Game pass, game pass, game pass. You can, you can, uh, lease to own a, an Xbox if you get it through game pass. Like they, and it's actually like, if I think it's cheaper. If you do it that it way, it can't I be can't overall cheaper. Like that wouldn't make any sense. So <laughs> it, it wouldn't make any sense. But I look, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're pushing, they're pushing uh, game pass. And I think they are more in competition with, I don't know. Uh, it, it, it's, it's like they're in competition with like a streaming service or something. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they they want you to keep playing their games, so they're giving you Game Pass as opposed to you like firing up Netflix and sitting there watching it. Honestly, you know, you know like right now, Microsoft's biggest competition, and I mean this dead seriously, is is Steam and Luna. It are are probably their biggest competition right now. Um. Like Microsoft would be perfectly happy if you owned a PlayStation Five and also had Game Pass on your on your Windows PC. Like like that that would be delightful for them uh, if that's the type of gamer that you were. And and that's what I'm saying. So like we have three console manufacturers now that are playing three completely different games. Nintendo's been playing their own game for quite a long time at this point. Uh, They are perfectly happy being your second console. As long as you buy all their Nintendo exclusive stuff um, or stuff that's only available on Switch, like they they are totally fine with that, and they come in at a price point that reflects that. Like that's their game; it's done very well for them in this console generation, um, and that's that's the lane that they're going to stay in for quite some time. That's why the Switch Pro, which we talked about last week, as rumored, is befuddling because I don't know what segment of the market you're trying to appeal to with that. Um, by like, it's like you're trying to compete with next generation, but not really. Cause you know, but not to rehash that. And then Sony wants to be your primary game console. Like they want you to buy PlayStation five. They want you to buy PlayStation exclusives. They want you to have PlayStation plus all that jazz. They want you in the Sony ecosystem and the Microsoft just wants you. However, however they'll get you like, like, like that, that's, that's all they really care about is just to get you somehow, just to get and, you some way. And I, you know, this may be like, um, this may be like dabbling into like uh, I, I hope it's not offensive, but uh, you know it, it it's it's it shows how each of these companies is run from a culture standpoint, mm-hmm. like from a cultural standpoint, right? Like Sony is very like they're old school video game manufacturers, and this is they, they want the old ways, like they're very traditional, right? And I imagine that that's what older Japanese folks, how they operate their companies, right? Mm. Uh, uh, this American company is just like, yo, whatever. Let's just give me the money. <laughs> give me the money. I'll give you whatever you would. Just give me the money. Give me the loot, right? And this weird Japanese American type company, because when I think Nintendo, I think Japanese American. Right? I, that's it. That's interesting. I I would I would associate Sony as more of a Japanese American company than Nintendo. Like Nintendo, I think is a very strictly Japanese company. 
Well, the only reason I say that is because the the personality, and I think Reggie fils me has had a lot to do with with my perception. Right. He is he is the type of he he seems like a weep, right? Like he seems like the type of guy at least at least in his when during his Nintendo tenure. Mm-hmm. He seemed to be the guy that could that he seemed to be an excellent American representative for that company. I I agree that's true and and but what I'm but I disagree and this is also cuz I have like insider information on Nintendo. Like Sony America has a lot of say and has a lot of voice in how Sony is run, especially on the PlayStation brand side of things. Nintendo uh, America does not get a huge say in the oh, stake. Like they're basically okay. taking marching orders from Nintendo Japan in most oh, cases. Okay. Okay. So okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Well yeah. then that that just blows my theory. <laughs> but but it's but like I said, I, I it's and Outriders is interesting, right? So like if I had a gaming PC and I wasn't a, and I didn't own an Xbox. Outriders is a very would be a very interesting test case for me because if I have a PC that's capable of running it in a decent fashion. And th- so and this is a game that, you know, it's a live service game, we don't know how good it's going to be. The demo was good, but you know, who knows what the shelf life looks like on this game? Do I want to spend 60 bucks and buy it on PlayStation or I rather spend $15 Try it on my PC through Game Pass, and if I like it, then I'll play it for four months for the same price. And by the end of four months, I might not give a shit about playing the game anymore anyway. Right at that point, um, the only downside is that while it's cross-play, there is not cross-platform saving, so you would you would be kind of locked down as far as that goes. But that that's an interesting conundrum, and if you don't own a Switch, for example, and but you've heard a lot of good things about Octopath Traveler or Yakuza Six, and like now you have an incentive to try those games out. And I and I think that Microsoft making a push to get a lot of third party games, and if they can and if they can get a lot of third party games day and date to launch on the service, and not a lot, but just to select you know big time games now, and then you combine in Bethesda into this mix in whatever shape or fashion that looks like. That's a very interesting proposition for folks that might be curious about game pass, but don't want to go out and spend $500 or even $350 or however much the series S costs on another piece of hardware, especially if they already own a PlayStation five. Like I, like I I don't, I don't, I don't think these games will compel people to get an Xbox, but I think that they would compel people to try game pass. Yeah. This this scenario with Outriders is the exact reason why I have Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Because I look, Outriders looked interesting. Um, I downloaded the demo. I'm like, ah, maybe, but I don't I don't know if I would buy this. Mm-hmm. Now that this is coming out on day and date with with Game Pass. I'm 100% going to play it. Mm. I'm 100% going to put time into it. This does not, the Outriders does not seem like a game that I would want to spend $60 on, but I, but I do want to play it. Mm. And, uh, and yeah, this is the perfect scenario. This is the exact reason why I have game pass. So good on them. Starting to pay off. And, and like I said, I, I think that this underlying point makes the argument and I'll ask you two questions. If, if I, if I may, Micah, 
So if Microsoft came to Sony and were like, hey, we really want you to launch some of your PlayStation exclusives on Xbox and here's some money. What do you think Sony would say to that? Um, honestly, it depends on the exclusive. If it's days gone, mm-hmm. sure. Uh, no, 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 no. Sp- Spider-Man horizon. No, last of us. Okay. Right. So, <laughs> that's like so that, so, so that's that. <laughs> now let's say Sony goes to Microsoft and they're like, you know what? PlayStation now, it's not really doing what we wanted to do. It's not a huge priority for us. It's not really working out. We want game pass on the PlayStation. How fast is Microsoft taking that deal? I mean, wow. Would would they say no? No, they wouldn't. Yeah. Like, because it's just more money coming their way. Right. They're getting it. They're getting it from, from everywhere. It's, it's a bukkake of dollar bills. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be really hard not to use that as the fucking show title this week. (laughs) Department of phase is, is, is really good, but (laughs) man, I don't think I can put bukkake in in a, in a, in the tight, in a show title. I feel like that's a bridge too far. That that that, so, that that's close to when we had like the objection penis for Phoenix right that we wanted to use as the image for that uh, <laughs> for, for that episode of the show way back in the day. <laughs> so yeah, of course they would. Um, but wow, yeah. That I mean, but that's 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 fantasy land, right? That's it, never gonna happen. Well, right? you know, never say never. I mean, again, like like we're seeing Microsoft get chummy. With Nintendo in some respects, um, it would not surprise me at all, at all to see like a band at a three show up on Game Pass not long after it comes out on Switch. Wouldn't surprise me in the least. Um, But we'll see. Like I said, it really, I mean, I, the, the problem with like fantasy casting, that kind of a thing is that I think PlayStation now does better than our perception of how PlayStation now does. Like, even though it's one of those services that you probably don't know very many people that use it. Like, I'm pretty sure it makes enough money for them that it's, that it's fine. Otherwise they wouldn't be supporting it the way that they do. Um, so I like, I don't think that's happening tomorrow, but at the same time, like I'll just put, you know, posing that as a hypothetical. There's no way that Microsoft wouldn't do that in a millisecond. If, if that was the case. Absolutely. Um, I, I can't believe that Sony has so many customers with well-meaning wives that buy them the wrong thing, and they and enough of them uh, bought PlayStation Now instead of PlayStation Plus, uh, so that they can keep sustaining that thing. Um, I've not touched it since that first time I tried it, and that, um, and that's fair. And and again, like Game Pass is just a better service. Like PlayStation Now, yeah, you have to is. stream. Um, game pass, you can actually download the game onto your platform of choice, which makes running it a hell of a lot better. Um, you know, before, before some, but actually person comes in some select games on, on PlayStation. Now you can download. Oh, okay. But, uh, the majority of them, uh, are streaming. So, but yeah, it's, but yeah, it's to, to, to think that Microsoft is competing with Sony, this console generation, I think is, is the, we have, we have to divorce ourselves of that thought. 
Yeah, and that's the thing. We can, but the people who live and die by brands and brand loyalty, they cannot. And and they are incredibly annoying. I I would give anything to know hardware sales two years in to this console generation. Because I I think yeah. it's I think it's gonna be as widely disparate as the PS4 and Xbox One were, honestly. Yeah. I really do. Um, we move to the post office. Rev asks us in honor of the Snyder cut on HBO max, is there a director's cut version of a film that you think was better than the theatrical cut? Um, I'm told that the Ben Affleck daredevil, um, director's cut is better than the theatrical cut, but, um, I wouldn't know. I generally don't watch too many director's cuts of films mm-hmm. um, because they usually just incorporate deleted scenes. Right. And my thought is if that scene was deleted, it was probably deleted for a reason. Eh, um, yes and no. Pacing, yes and pacing no. or, or things to, to make sense or like this not a cut is four hours long. Like I understand that the theatrical cut of the Snyder cut of, of justice league was an unfinished product that was Frankensteined together and, and not Zack Snyder's true vision, but come on, man, like no studio in the world would have released a four hour justice league movie to run in theaters. Like you, you would have had an editor to edit that down. If you know, the Snyder family didn't have that tragedy, like you just would have. So, I, I I I don't know. I I generally agree with you. Um, generally, in my opinion, directors' cuts that have cuts that were merely cut for time because the studio requested it are usually fine because the scenes either add a layer of context or um, flesh out some themes or some some plot lines that might get kind of glossed over in the theatrical release. Uh, Blade Runner is one of them, even though the ending of the Blade Runner director's cut is not quite as good as the, uh, as the theatrical version, but most of the other stuff that's in there is, uh, T2 is another good one, uh, where the director's cut is solid with a few things that it adds. Um, the, the one that I, that I wish I could have, and I'm pretty sure I'm the only person in the known universe that wishes that they could see this film. Uh, and I talked about it on the, uh, episode that we did on men with the golden tongues. Uh, I want to see the three and a half hour John Woo cut of mission impossible too. Yeah, it, it is. It is my, it is my life's mission to see that film the way, the way that John Woo envisioned it. Are you, are you gagging for it? Oh, I'm gagging for it. Like I, I, I am absolutely gagging to see the John Woo director's cut of mission impossible too. That probably exists in like the same landfill that the ET games were buried. I'm sure. That's <laughs> it's never going to see the light of day. Tom Cruise, use your Scientology Jesus powers to unearth the John Woo director's cut for MI2. Please, please. <laughs> we need it. We need it. I, I, I hope I hope that there's like there's like a capsule that's tied to like Tom Cruise's vital signs. And then like as soon as Tom Cruise dies, like that director's cut makes its way out into the world, which is troublesome for the rest of us mere mortals because, of course, Tom Cruise does not age and he will never die because of the blood of Scientology <laughs> that flows through his veins. So, again, we're never going to be able to see the John Woo director's cut of Mission Impossible 2. And I think that as a species, 
We're lesser for it. Uh, J-Man asks, or <laughs> says, uh, my PS5 was just delivered, so what's your go-to undiscovered gem in the PlayStation 5, PlayStation Plus catalog? In the PlayStation 5, PlayStation Plus catalog? Yes. the PlayStation, like purely the PlayStation Plus? I, I'd, I'd have to say, I'd have to say, let's, let's go with PlayStation 5 specific here, because obviously if the game's on PlayStation 4, um, right. That's yeah, not, that's not five, really, but. yeah. And, and the, the obvious one, the one that not many people would call out, uh, is Astro's Playroom, but that comes pre-installed on the system. So you have no excuse to not play Astro's Playroom. Right. Um, I, I don't know. I'm looking at a, a, a list of PS5 games mm-hmm. that, um, that, uh, you know, I'm trying to find one that people are like oh this is really good and like nobody's talking about it it uh it certainly isn't destruction all-stars well it's, so here's the here's the here's the dirty secret right there is not a killer app yet that's exclusively on ps5 yeah. like 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 the ps5 right now what it exists as is the best place to play playstation games period like there there are a lot of just playstation games that are amazing on PS5 because of the enhanced, you know, frame rate and graphical prowess that you get with the system. Um, again, like for me, it's Astro's Playroom. Like that's the best one, right? Or Dark Souls, like like or, or Dark Souls, Demon Souls is also probably up there as well. Um, and if you never played it and you like those type of games, that's the one I'd probably recommend. Yeah, like everything else is. Um you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't recommend uh you wouldn't recommend the hidden gem the the game that uh that uh Sony is doing them a favor by releasing via PlayStation Plus a little game that no one has ever heard of something about um the last fantasy <laughs> uh, this, <laughs> even though it's the 7th one I, but that I but that's on but that's on PS4 Micah. it's specifically the PS4 <laughs> version Oh, that, yeah. that, that they gave you for free. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yes, yeah, so that that's that's like Demon Souls is probably the answer right now. Um, but again, you have to like that style of game because if you don't like getting your head kicked in, um, it's probably not going to be a good game. But definitely play Astro's Playroom. It's fantastic. Yeah, you should at least give Astro's Playroom a try. Yes. Like I, I didn't play much of it, but. Um, but uh, it really shows off, especially shows off what that controller is capable of. Uh, and normally, I don't really give a shit about controllers, like any rumble features and stuff. I usually turn off because it's you know, slightly distracting. But um, but no, this is that's worth a that's worth a playthrough. Uh, Gully, first time poster in the post office, as far as I know. Uh, you're married to the protagonist of your favorite game. And the antagonist of the last game you played is trying to kill you. Are you happy in this marriage? And would you survive? Uh, yeah, yeah. Commander Shepard uh, could uh, could murder uh, Adam from Bravely Default Two. Yeah, sure. So mine mine is a bit of a higher bar to clear. Uh, Commander Shepard would have to kill Sephiroth. Um, uh, well, <laughs> which which, <laughs> yeah. which is a little trickier. Now, am I happy in the marriage? Is interesting. So. Commander Shepard, always on the go, right? Like she's sitting there, she's, you know, she, she's commanding the Normandy, she's going, you know, around everywhere. 
Um, I don't know if I'd be too happy about that. Like, I'd, I'd probably feel a little neglected. I'm sitting back here on Earth. She's gallivanting across the galaxy. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't feel bad about that, but mm. knowing that, uh, knowing that Commander Shepard is promiscuous, yes, can be too. promiscuous in these games, I would have a problem with that, right? Because, <laughs> like, you know, you got, you got, uh, Garrus doing his, like, little Turian, like, two step, you know, trying to seduce, uh, my wife. And that's not gonna, that's not gonna work. Now, would she defeat Sephiroth? I have to imagine, yes. Like, again, Commander Shepard overcame an entire, like, sent, sentient being of, of a race whose sole purpose is to eradicate the galaxy every 50,000 years so that civilization, like, like it's a reset button for a civilization. Right. And they had done it successfully for millions of years. And then Commander Shepard comes along and fucks up their day. Exactly. Like, is, is Sephiroth really going to fucking stand up to that? But uh, Commander Shepard did have a three crews of people to it's do true. And a tremendous amount of prep time. That is also true. Um, I also feel like, though, that Cloud and his band of merry merry folks had a lot of prep time as well they too in the face of imminent world destruction said you know what i have to breed these chocobos and race them first <laughs> before i go handle this major problem <laughs> because while the world's about to end there's these two optional enemies that i have to fight and if i cannot summon the Knights of King Arthur to destroy them. How do I know who King Arthur is? I have no idea. Uh, but if I cannot summon the Knights of King Arthur to destroy a giant lobster in the desert and a weird, like airman looking motherfucker under the sea, then we can't, then, then what's the point of even living? You're right. And in Sephiroth's final form, he was defeated by, uh, uh, a guy with, uh, he was defeated by someone who was handicapable. Mm -hmm. uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. Handicapable people can do anything, right? But yeah. he was missing an arm, so he put a gun on it. Uh, a guy carrying uh, a, a big butter knife. Yeah. And a, and a woman carrying her dukes. Right. Like, and like, not 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 to mention a elderly chain smoker who probably had COPD. <laughs> not to mention a literal stuffed cat. Not to mention <laughs> a small 16-year-old girl with spike circles that she could throw people. You know, that look at all these people that were that yeah, were part throwing, of this crew. She's throwing metal hula hoops as, right. at, at, at Sephiroth. Mean, meanwhile, the modern, you know, visage of 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 fucking Dante Satan is like sitting in the middle of a <laughs> fucking Mako stream and he, like he can't even fucking beat him. Tell me Commander Shepard and, and fucking Garrus is not gonna are, are not gonna roll roughshod. Plus, not to mention, Sephiroth, like, he, he has a sword. Like, he may be a great swordsman, but if you, you bring a fucking knife to a gunfight, that's not gonna end well for you. <laughs> Sorry. Wanna wanna oh, wanna detonate apocalyptic weapons? Look, as long as I can leave one of my friends behind to hold his thumb on the trigger, we're good. 
We got this. And if I need to, I'll just build a, you know, massive super weapon out of the the, the center of galactic civilization. It's cool. Man. You guys left me the tools. I got the tools. Got the talent. Man, I can I can belittle Sephiroth once a month. <laughs> and it would never get old. <laughs> Look, if you're going to walk around with a fucking eight-foot katana... I'm just saying you're compensating for something. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that is. But you, you don't. You don't need a sword that long. It's unwieldy. They used to sell those things at uh, at at you know weeb conventions. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, first of all, it's not real, right? It's glass, right. right? Like it's it's it's, and you can't you can't hold it, right? Like you can't like it's it's just a, a blade, the 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 guard, and then. Eight feet of 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 glass. Right, you can't. It's, it's not. not it's not. Pra- it's not practical. Plus, he's not eight feet tall. Like like <laughs> like that open. Like you have to fight with a very specific style of sword fighting. Otherwise, the shit's gonna be dragging on the ground all the time. Like it doesn't fucking work. There's a reason that like pikes and lances are eight feet long because you don't hold the shit at the fucking bare end and swing it like a stick. <laughs> like you 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 hold it. Across multiple points, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Kefka fuck with the sword? No, he had a fucking death ray that he could summon because he was a literal fucking god and just <laughs> and just murk people from across the continent. Get out of here, Sephiroth. Kefka Kefka took off Kefka took off his jester robes and 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 looked like Vince McMahon's wet dream. <laughs> <laughs> he was purple and just had muscles for days. Sephiroth he turned into a mutant. Yeah, one wing is flying around with shit coming out of his hair. Like, nah, man. I, I I think of all the I think of all the overrated aspects of Final Fantasy VII that piss me off. Se- Sephiroth is easily. <laughs> Like 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 his his status in pop culture is easily the greatest one. Why is this the dude that you're porting into every game in in fucking existence? Because, because why is this the n- guy? Nostalgia is a hell of a drug, and he came out at the right time for all of that shit. Like when you, did Final Fantasy come out? Ninety seven. It was ninety. It was ninety seven. Ninety seven. It was ninety seven. We were getting out of the. We were getting out of the nineties. And and the into the into the 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 just the horror show that was the two thousands and and everything was just every everybody had to wear trench coats and shit everybody had to look cool or whatever right like it was it was two years before the Matrix came out the Matrix was inspired by Final Fantasy that's the lie that I'm telling. And and it just it 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 started that whole like edge lord shit. Yeah, I mean like 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 they came out with a sequel movie, and the dude was dead, and they couldn't even like fucking leave him alone. <laughs> like 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 they couldn't they, they they couldn't even be like oh we got it we can find some new villain. No, instead the cloud just like you know had visions of him all the time. Like it was terrible. <laughs> it's fucking awful. Sephiroth sucks. He's a terrible villain. He's a test tube baby who found out he was a test tube baby and right. was just mad about it. Right. His his song is good. It's the best thing about him. And even that's fucking played out. It's not even it's like it's not even a top five song in Final Fantasy VII. 
it's it's good, but it's not even top five in the game that it resides in. Get out of here. Get the fuck out of here. That was a lot. That was a lot more Sephiroth slander than I expected to, to get out of out of a relatively innocuous question. I hope everyone enjoyed the last ten minutes. Um, Jay Jay will not. Jay will not. Uh, we'll end with Casa, who asks, "What is your favorite incidental moment in the Mass Effect series that made you appreciate some small detail?" And secondarily, what classes did you enjoy best? Uh, the one that they gave is their fondest memories from the Shadow Worker DLC. Uh, they flung a Geth off the outside of the ship with biotics and saw them pulled off by the heavy winds and then struck by a bolt of lightning channeled off of one of the rods down the side of the ship's hull, and they disintegrated. Wow. Um. Uh, it's a piece of character moment. It's a character moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, are you gonna are you gonna uh, steal? Are you gonna steal? It's it's Morden. It's Morden singing. Oh, okay, it's Morden. <laughs> it's Morden singing for me. Uh, it is. It, it's it's the it's the thing that that one hundred percent. It was just like I think I love everything about this entire series, um, because because of the character work, and and. You know, everybody has a moment, mm-hmm. uh, except for Caden. I, f- I, I, I always let Caden die, um, and I'm probably going to let Caden die. Uh, in the new, <laughs> I, I just, I just don't care. Look at, look at all, I look just, at all this voice work from Raphael Smarge going to win because <laughs> Mike, because Mike, just can't let him live. I just can't do it. I've never done it. I've, I've, I've finished that game. I've finished uh, the first Mass Effect maybe three or four times. I can't look. I can't just look. I can't. Raise, you know, raise up black women. I'm, I'm with you, Micah. There you go, man. You. There you go. <laughs> God, I like, like I, I has the the entirety of Mass Effect Two. Honestly, like, like especially like when you when you're reuniting with people, like when you first reunite with Garrus when you discover that he's Archangel, um, is really good. Honestly, like when you when you first meet Thane. Like like when he like when you catch him like doing his assassin shit, um, in that compound, Every, like all that stuff and just the small moments um around the different character interactions, I think are always very very good. Um, honestly, the hardest one for me, uh, is what what was it was the scene where the oh God I'm trying to fucking remember because there's a lot of different ways the scene can play out, but when uh I think it was in three. When you have to go to the monastery and Samara has to like choose to assassinate her like last living daughter. Yeah. At that point, like that, that's a tough one. Um, and again, it could play out several different ways depending on the choices that you make in that situation. Um, but yeah, it's all good. Like the, the fucking suicide mission, that whole, that whole stretch of the game and kind of watching your, your decisions play out in real time because your, your success in that mission is predicated on, you know, how much loyalty you've, you've gained throughout the, uh, throughout the thing. Of course, my favorite just offhand moment is, is the, is the shooting of the gas line below the crow, below the, uh, the, the loquacious Krogan during Morden's loyalty mission. (laughs) Is there anyone who didn't like get through that suicide mission with, Everybody in town, like did there somebody... has to be, there had to be some people who didn't get give a shit about certain people didn't didn't do it, or they got tricked into like we have to go now, like we have to do it now, and just fucking 
Yeah, because I, I mean, I, you know, I can kind of see people like not giving a fuck about Jacob, mm-hmm. right? But at the same time, I, maybe it's just the way I play games. Like, no, if it's something there, I got to do. It. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I really wish, I, I really wish that it was truly uh, random. Mm-hmm. Like if you, like if you do the loyalty mission, they'll try. But it's still, instead of a 50-50 chance they'll die, mm-hmm. it's a 75-25 chance they'll die. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that would have been really, I, I, that would be the only thing that I would really change from Mass Effect 2. Um, is, you know, I, I, do want, I do want some, some, uh, uh, some stakes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you just do the loyalty mission, then you're, you're golden. But, God, I can't wait for May. Yeah, it's going to be great. There's there's so much good shit. Like three three truly does not get uh, enough credit. I don't think. I don't, like there's some really I, I don't great think moments. One gets enough credit. That's probably really that's, that's, that's probably true too. Um, two is also good for like kind of learning about the to to find out how like shitty um the the creation of the Geth really was. Mm-hmm. Um, and and kind of kind of makes you lose a little bit of luster for for those folks. So yeah. It's just great all around. Like I said, a, a storytelling gem. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what's going to hit me harder now than it, than it used to back in the day. The um, the Project VI missions um, are, are gonna, probably going to like be a little bit more anger-reducing for me uh, just because, you yeah. know, of, of yeah. real-life circumstances. So, yeah. So that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. Um, but, yeah, like I said, Mass Effect's full of amazing moments. And, I, and, I, and again, Shadow Broker's... Great, uh, like, and, and really like kind of going back to what Casa said, um, just the amount of detail, just climbing up the outside of the ship at the beginning of that mission, um, is impressive. And, and just really the whole presentation of the shadow broker himself, um, when you first encounter him, even though the fight could be very easy, (laughs) depending on how you, on how you approached it. Um, yeah, just, just great all the way around. Just, just fucking awesome. I, 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 like, I, I can't wait for May. I don't know. Like, I, I kind of want to play it differently. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, 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 I'm still going to let Caden die because fuck Caden. Right. <laughs> but, but like, how do I play it? And, mm. and, uh, like I've, I've played it every which way. So I don't know if I have like a, uh, a preferred method, but like in Mass Effect Two, do I not do certain loyalty missions? Do I let people, certain people, die mm-hmm. just to just to kind of change it up a bit? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'll I'll see. Oh, we didn't mention favorite classes. I always played uh, Infiltrator whenever I played uh, Mass Effect. I, so. I started when I my very first playthrough. I was uh, I was a biotic. And um, because I, I thought it would be, um, I thought it would be cool, right? Like you see, you know, these biotics do all this stuff and, you know, you see people charging and all that. And then I realized, yo, that is not me at all. Mm. Like I, I, I'm not a charge into battle kind of guy. So I picked uh, Infiltrator and then I picked Engineer. And um, I think I like uh, Infiltrator the best. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I, I'm I'm probably not going to go back to biotic, but um, and see, I, then, I I might I might go to biotic just because, like I said, I played the original trilogy 
as infiltrator the entire time, and I just find fucking tank classes to be so boring. Like like they're so boring. Yeah. So boring. Like I, I can't I can't invest any points into a red skill tree to save my life. I just can't do it. So <laughs> <laughs> does it doesn't matter what the game is. I just I just fucking can't. So <laughs> so that is it. Thank you guys for your questions this week. Uh, again, as usual, go to densepixels.com slash fans while the Facebook group still exists. But while you're there, check out the pinned post at the top of the page and join our Discord channel because that is where we are migrating to eventually. Make sure to subscribe to this show as well as all the other shows in the TNP network wherever you get your podcast. Head on over to YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash densepixels. Subscribe to us there as well. And of course, you can follow us all on Twitch. Uh, I am Dense Pixels Brad. Terrence is Apparition 410. And Carrie is Sup It's Carrie. And that's it. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. And we will see you all the next time. See ya. <laughs>